Mr. President, Governor, ladies and gentlemen, I wonder if after the Indian National Anthem I shouldn't begin um, by bursting out with a chorus of God Save the Queen, uh, or perhaps even Rule Britannia, um, but that might be thought inappropriate in the circumstances. I'd like to welcome you all to this evening's dinner to celebrate the life of K.R. Narayanan and his association with the London School of Economics. And we're delighted uh, to have with us his two daughters, Chitra and Amrita, who have been, in fact, with us uh, over the last two days, and it's been a delight to have them here. Their father, of course, was at the school in the late 1940s and remained in close contact with us uh, throughout his life. In fact, we saw him most recently just a couple of months uh, before he died at the end of 2005 and indeed in, earlier in 2005, typical of his diplomatic life and his openness, he hosted an event for our alumni from Pakistan. So we were very grateful to him for maintaining his connection with the school and this evening we would like to celebrate that connection by announcing a number of scholarships in his name which will allow Indians who would not otherwise be able to attend the LSE to do so. I'm going to ask a couple of the people who are giving these scholarships to come up and say a little bit about them. First of all, Dr. Kishore Chowkar from Tata Industries, and then he will be followed by Ms. Nainalal Kidwai from HSBC, uh, and then I will wrap up and say just a little more about some of the other scholarships that we uh, also have available before I invite the President himself to speak to us. So perhaps I could first ask Dr. Chowkar to come up. charity common enough amongst us. It is that patchwork philanthropy which clothes the ragged, feeds the poor, and heals the sick. I am far from decrying the noble spirit which seeks to help a poor or a suffering. However, what advances a nation or a community is not so much to prop up the weakest and the most helpless members, but to lift up the best and the most gifted, so as to make them of the greatest service to the country. So said the founder of House of Tata over a hundred years ago. With this thought began an association almost a century ago, 1912 an association between the House of Tata and the London School of Economics. 
It was strengthened from time to time, the last being in the mid-40s, uh, mid-90s, when Sir Ratan Tata Foundation was revived at the LSE. We are very proud of this association and the Tata scholars like the former president, Mr. Narayanan, make us prouder still. At this juncture, it would not be out of place to state that the Tata Trusts are considering instituting scholarships in the name of K.R. Narayanan. May I at this stage then request Naina to carry on. Thank you. Honorable President, Sir Howard Davis, Amrita Chitra Narad, and ladies and gentlemen, it is, it is indeed an honor to be here today to actually cover uh, a very important subject, and that is scholarship programs. And as Kishore Choker before me suggested, the importance of scholarships in the area of education as an equalizer uh, hardly needs uh, to be restated. The HSBC scholarship program was launched in India in 2002 with the objective of building a fraternity of HSBC scholars who could form an influential global network of committed leaders determined to make a positive difference the world over. So it was well beyond the field of banking and finance. At the outset, we had only two HSBC scholars every year, selected from hundreds of extremely talented young people, applying primarily to UK colleges. So Oxford, Cambridge, LSE. And interestingly, without even realizing this, we find that of the 10 HSBC scholars selected thus far, three have in fact found their way to the London School of Economics. Our relationship with the LSE therefore existed even before we came to this function. I'm delighted to announce the establishment of a third HSBC scholarship from India, the HSBC LSE scholarship. I am honored that we should be given the privilege of announcing this scholarship today when so many illustrious alumni of the LSE are being remembered. Dr. K.R. Narayanan, Dr. I.G. Patel, leaders of their generation, of their times, and of their country, people who have built and led institutions that are the cornerstone of our country's economic policy. And even more so, to do this in the presence of our own scholar, President Kalam. So on that note, let me hand over back to Sir Howard Davis. Thank you. Thank you very much, and it goes without saying that at the LSE we are enormously grateful to Tata and to HSBC for their support, and I know that the scholars themselves uh, will be grateful for the 
ability that gives them to come to London. I also have the pleasure of announcing three additional scholarships. Um, first of all, the Amity K. R. Narayanan Scholarship, and Dr. Ashok Chowan is here with us this evening. Uh, he did not have the benefit of being at the LSE, but his son did, uh, and therefore we are enormously grateful uh, to them for their support, and that will be an additional opportunity uh, for an Indian student to come to the school. We are also pleased that there will be a Monu Timblo Narayanan scholarship as well, and Mr. Timblo is here, and we're very grateful to him. They have a strong alumnus connection with the LSE also. And there will also be a PhD fellowship in the name of Shandy Modi, who is also here on table 11, yes? Uh, we have scholarship supporters spread all over the room here. Um, and uh, Shandy runs a company called Idea Global uh, in London, and he will be supporting an Indian PhD uh, in the school at, from the London end, uh, if you like. So this together is, I think, a significant package of additional support for Indian scholars. Uh, and if anyone uh, not on tables 3, 4, 6, and 11 who've already supported would like to add to this number of scholarships, um, then we'd be delighted to uh, hear from you later on. But it's my great pleasure now uh, to introduce President Callan. Of course, it's not really appropriate for me to introduce India's president to Indians, so my introduction is addressed only to the non-Indians here, who may not know the president so well. He is the 11th president of India, was elected in 2002. Uh, his background is in Tamil Nadu, and he has a very good excuse for not being an alumnus of the London School of Economics, uh, because he is by origin an aeronautical engineer. Uh, and I don't think we offer an MSc in aeronautical engineering, at least not that anyone's admitted to me yet, though there are things that go on in the school uh, about which I know nothing. Um, so uh, he has uh, a very good uh, academic background, but in a field rather different uh, from the ones which we have been talking about today. Uh, I had the great pleasure of meeting him a couple of years ago on my first visit to India as director. I know that he does, in fact, have a great interest in many of the subjects we were discussing today. He's particularly committed to economic development and especially to rural development, and we're greatly looking forward to hearing what he has to say to us this evening. Mr. President.
exports in the economy assembled. But one thing I want to tell you, Mr. Howard Davis is a MA in history. <laughs> I am an aeronautic engineer, but uh, economy is not bored with all these guys. <laughs> and uh, friends, I greet uh, uh, Sir Howard uh, Davis, uh, Lord Magna Deshai, and uh, Honorable Sri Gopala Krishna Gandhiji, and Amrita Narayan, and Kishore. Chaukar, Dr. Ashok Chauhan, and Madam Sitra Narayan, Madam uh, Naina Lord Kitwai, distinguished guests and friends. Friends, I thanks for the beautiful introduction by the Howard Davis, Mr. Howard Davis, and uh, the Howard Davis, when I was going through last night about him, I want to understand. Then I found <coughs> he is a cricketer. Uh, quite often he plays cricket. And also he is a member of the Royal Society of Music. What a combination for economy. <laughs> so greetings to you, Mr. Director beautiful institution of uh, London School of Economics. Now friends, I have, uh, first of all, I am delighted to address the third London School of Economic Asia Forum 2006 organized by in memory of the late Sri R.K. Narayan. Now my place must be born has had a dynamic uh, history because as uh, soon as I joined in July 2002, I would like to understand the Rashtrapati board, the rulers of Rashtrapati board. At post-independence, Rashtrapati board was ennobled by the stature and standing of its occupants. I have study about that. My illustrious predecessors, ten presidents, were all men of rare distinction, personalities of nobility, intellectual and academic giants, men of political sacrifice, and above all statesmen of the highest caliber. When I go through the annals of Rashtrapati Bhavan's history post-independence, I feel humbled. My salutation to all of my esteemed and illustrious producers. When I took over the presidency from Mr. K.R. Narayanan, you can see some of the pictures I recalled last night, the tenth, I am the tenth president. I had a unique link with him for the reason he was a very much interested in the Develop India Vision 2020. He had a passion for upliftment of the underprivileged in the society and was directing science and technology for the betterment of human lives. 
while evolving the vision 2020, I used to meet him frequently and brief him the progress. He used to say, quite often Mr. Narayan used to say, that the value addition is important because he is an economist. The value addition is very important for agriculture produce so that the agriculture field will be competitive with the other two sectors such as manufacturing and services. This was a very important economic input which I got from CKR Narayan. As a tribute to this great leader, with an economic acumen, with a human touch, and in view of the strong relationship between the London School of Economics and India, I would like to discuss about one of the key growth drivers of, of Indian economy when India is in the process of transforming itself into a developed nation by 2030. Now let us look at the ambience of the nation. Very strange situation, good situation, but we have problems also. Now the ambience of the nation looks like this. In the Indian history, very rarely our nation has come across a situation all at a time and ascending economic trajectory. Continuously rising foreign exchange reserve, reduced rate of inflation, global recognition of the technological competence, and the energy of 540 million youth out of a billion. Umbilical connectivities of 20 million people of Indian origin in various parts of the planet and the interest shown by many developed countries to invest in our engineers and scientists, including setting up new R&D centers in India. The distinction between the public and private sector and the, and the illusory primacy of one over the other is, is gradually vanishing. India is the largest democracy in the world, has a reputation for its democracy and it was providing leadership for the 1 billion people with multicultural, multi-language and multi-religious backgrounds. This is the leadership India can give. And also technology competence and value systems with civilization heritage are highly respected. Foreign institutional investors are finding investing in India attractive. Of course, we have to improve single window system, we have to arrive. Indians are also investing in abroad and opening new business ventures. Indian economy is growing with an average annual growth rate of 8% GDP. Now, however, there is a need, the typical problem, what I would like to highlight However, there is a need to lift up the economic condition and lifestyle of the over 220 million people out of the billion. Now, 1 million plus population, one of the reasons for the situation is that large part of the growth comes from the manufacturing and service sector. The agriculture has been growing just at 1.6%. If you have to uplift the 220 million people living below the 
to uplift them and provide improved quality of life, you have to ensure that the agriculture sector grows at least 4% per annum. For providing this growth, you have to spread the development process to the rural sector. That is what the PURA providing urban facility rural area program involving four connectivities, namely physical, electronic and knowledge leading to economic connectivity with envisages. Now friends, this is a bit serious subject. I don't know whether dinner table I can talk about it. But uh, I can tell you, instead of five course dinner, you can have six course dinner. <laughs> <laughs> that, that I permit all of you. <laughs> Hence, the entire country should have a self, because the economic people and alumni of uh, the, the school, economic school, Latter School of Economics is there, I thought of sharing uh, this is very important for the nation India, and also not only India, any developing nation which has got large rural population. And the entire country should have about 7,000 puras, puras mean providing urban facility rural area, encompassing over 600,000 villages. We have 600,000 villages, nearly 70% people live there. The theme of pura apart from concentrating on reinforcing agriculture, will emphasize on agro-processing, development of rural craftsmanship, and dairy, fishing, silk production, so that the non-farm revenue for the rural sector is enhanced based on the core competence of the region. All the rural economy will be driven by renewable energy such as solar, wind, biofuel, and conversion of a municipal waste into power. In this approach, the aim is to make sustainable development using the core competence of the rural sector. In India, the development of a rural sector is very important. Government, or private, and public sectors have been taking up the rural development in parts. For example, starting an education institution, starting a healthcare centers, laying roads, building houses, building a marketing complex, giving a communication link in particular rural area have been taken up in the past as the individual activities. During the last few decades, it is our experience that these initiatives starts well, just like heavy rain resulting into multiple streams of water flow. As soon as the rain stops, few days or later all the streams get dried up because there is no water bodies to collect the surplus water and store it at the right place. For the first time, Pura envisages an integrated development plan with employment generation as the focus driven by provision of the habitat, healthcare, education, skill development, physical and the electronic connectivity and marketing. Hence, I would like to concentrate for today's discussion on how to implement a pura in Indian setting for the consideration of this audience. What is pura mission? Pura providing urban amenities in the rural area envisages an economic empowerment 
to the cluster of villages through the provision, you can see, through the provision of physical connectivity, uh, electronic connectivity, and knowledge connectivity, leading to the economic connectivity. I would like to share with you the sequence of action needed to realize a pura cluster from the intention of an individual, NGO, industry, educational institution or financial institution to its completion. The profile of Pura mission is something like this. Based on the terrain and climatic condition, there could be four types of Pura in our country. They are plain terrain Pura, hill Pura, coastal Pura and desert Pura. The population in the plain terrain and coastal region, Pura may be the region of 20,000 to 100,000 in a cluster of 20, 30 villages, whereas in the hill or desert Pura may have a population of 7,500 to 15,000 people in a cluster of 30 to 50 villages or hamlets. Now, the Pura realization, how do we realize? I have put a, a complex flowchart, you don't need to bother about it. In the website, it will be there. You can, if you are interested, you can study that. But the essence I'm telling, as soon as the decision is made to create a Pura, there is a need to identify the Pura cluster with the villages which are to be included. Simultaneously, consultation more must commence with Panjayat members, that is, Panjayat members, government on the existing scheme, opportunities, resource mapping, and the envisaged growth with the business community. This consultation will lead to Pura development plan with emphasis on employment generation through an industrial engine. Parallelly, government can consider development of a physical, electronic and knowledge connectivity through a public-private partnership. Integrated action in all the areas is the key to the development of Pura as a business proposition. Now, the, I would like to say there are many cases in India at the moment. The number of proposal Pura as a business model has commenced and that is the work. It's a business proposition, about 100 crores per Pura with public and private partnership over a project period of five years. Government and the Bharat Nirman Program, Rural Development Ministry, Prime Minister, uh, Prime Minister, uh, various program he has uh, indicated, 100 days employment guarantee, Bharat Nirman program like that, and, and also various institutions participating are NABAR, ADB, WB, UNDP, and many institutions, venture capitalists can fund for our companies. However, initially, Rural Development Ministry is planning to create two Pura clusters in each of 600 districts in the country with seed funding. This may attract the public-private participation for providing value-added services in the three sectors of the economy and run as a sustainable business proposition. Already certain states like Chhattisgarh, Karnataka, Kerala have taken up the Pura as a program for implementation as a government initiatives. And also certain private initiatives have established working Pura in Tamil Nadu, Maharashtra, Madhya Pradesh and Andhra Pradesh. I am going to take one typical case which is working in Pura in India. 
It is possible to get an insight of Purav by studying few of the operational Puravs which are functioning in different parts of the country. They are Periyar Pura uh, in Tamil Nadu, the Lodi Pura in Maharashtra, Chitrakut Pura in, in Madhya Pradesh, and Vairaj Pura in Andhra Pradesh. Let me highlight few, at least two number of Puras. One is Periyar Pura in Tamil Nadu, Periyar Pura complex in Pioneer Bay, Periyar Maniamai College of Technology of Women, Vallam Tanju, is functioning near Vallam, having a cluster of over 65 villages, 65 villages, and one lakh population. This Pura complex has all the three connectivities, physical, electronic, and knowledge connectivity to economic connectivity. The center of activity emanates from the Women Engineering College. This is a very important message. The center of activity emanates from the Women Engineering College that provides the electronic and knowledge connectivity. Periyar Pura has health care centers, primary postgraduate level education, and vocational training centers. This has resulted in large-scale employment generation and creation of number of entrepreneurs with active support of 850 self-help groups. 200 acres of wasteland has been developed into a cultivable land, cultivable land with innovative water management schemes such as contour ponds, watershed for storing and irrigating the fields. All the villages are busy in cultivation, planting jetrofa and herbal and medicinal plants, power generation, using biomass, food processing, above all running marketing centers. This model has emanated independent of any government initiative. The committed leadership has been provided by the engineering institution. Recently, five of the Periyarpura villages are connected through WIMAX wireless and having minimum 4 MBPS connectivity with the Periyarpura Nodal Center. It provides a sustainable economic development in that region. The another model is, uh, the, the next model is the, in Andhra Pradesh. And uh, this is a very, very interesting model because uh, you find from these, instead of people, from, uh, from the people who are moving from the urban area, uh, the urban area they are moving to the rural area. Biology Foundation, the Satyamya Bhimavaram under Andhra Pradesh has taken the mission of death, establishing 32 Ashwini centers benefiting 116 villages with a population of around 500,000 people. It has provided the electronic connectivity through wireless 512 kbps to 2 kbps knowledge connectivity in cooperation with the National Academy of Construction, Hyderabad, and other domain experts, thereby creating economic connectivity in these villages. During the last four years of operation, it has still enabled and the knowledge enabled in areas such as construction, tailoring, garment production, IT, and spoken English skills. This program resulted 3,000 jobs with a minimum earning of rupees 3,000 3, per month. This is three times that of their earlier earning potential. A rural PPO Gram IT established in a particular center has trained unemployed graduates in IT skills and spoken English and employed 100 people to do the PPO operation such as transaction processing of human resource data of subject computers as a backdrop teaching processing. 
data processing of 1 million self-help group members of Andhra Pradesh, such as financial data, accounting data, spending pattern, cultural aspect, and the program of mapping the bottom of the pyramid. This, this gram ITP though has affected the 10% reverse migration from Hyderabad, Hyderabad to Bhimavara, Bhimavara to rural area. This model uh, can be replicated by many of our IT companies in the rural sector to create product clusters and bring rural transformation. The message comes out of it in all the four operational products, two, it is my website, you can read it. The technology and application of scientific methods of working have played a very important role. For example, power through biogas and solar energy is used for household lighting and also for the farms. Vermi composting, a check dams and water purification plant, jetrofa plantation to extraction of esterification, medicinal and aromatic plant cultivation, extraction manufacturing healthcare products through cellular groups, low-cost housing using alternative building blocks, dairy farming, healthcare and education services, connectivity using wireless and WiMAX technologies and enabling the sustainable development business processing taking place among the village clusters. In all these operational process, the employment generation was the focus using the technology experiences from the, from the colleges and the education institutions and through assessment of markets which can absorb the products and services. With the emergence of product clusters in different parts of the country, what is now required is they establish the linkage of product clusters by setting up a domain service provides through from nodal knowledge, knowledge data centers. Friends, in, in conclusion, the Pura complex would have transformed into a dynamic rural complex with focus on employment potential for all the families of Pura cluster with all the connectivities. This Pura complex will have its umbilical connectivity with the nearest university. Let us visualize how the Pura cluster will transform into by the year 2012, that is another six years time, based on the already operational Pura we have discussed. First thing will happen, provide dwelling units to all the village citizens with clean water supply and sanitation facility. The next one, the village complex will have a 100% literacy. Next one, apart from the upgrading existing schools, the complex will have a few colleges, world-class vocational training institutions in construction, carpentry and various areas. And then people in Pura complex will be able to get quality health care through telemedicine and through mobile clinics in primary health centers. They will be brought under the corporate medicinal health care Each Pura village complex will be free from diseases like polio, TB, leprosy and malaria and other waterborne diseases. The Pura complex will promote horticulture and floriculture products apart from agriculture in collaboration with the nearby agriculture universities. The next one, there will be agro-processing industries in each product complex for value addition to horticulture produce and creation of dairy and fish farms in each product complex. The next one will be the revival of all the existing water bodies in the product cluster, provision of employment to all the employable people of the village. Overall, per capita income of the Pura cluster should increase by three times.
and the of course to achieve the above performance a dynamic empowered pura management board structure is very vital this has to be evolved with the active participation of the state governments the district authorities societal transformers educational institution small scale industries or an enterprise the association with panchayat finally it will be managed as a viable and sustainable business proposition through the local entrepreneurship i would request the participants of the london school of economics asia forum particularly the alumni who are some 60 70% of the alumni of bekram uh, uh, school uh, uh, to check to study this model and offer suggestion which will enable us to further refine the implementation process pura model may also be useful to other developing countries even developed countries who have large population living in the rural areas so my best wishes to all the members of the lsc asia forum and may god bless you thank you very much for an extremely thought provoking address we began our day today with the prime minister who himself gave us a number of suggestions for future research by the london school of economics and so you have conveniently uh, concluded the content of the day by giving us some more suggestions uh for research and i know there are ones which will be of particular interest to sir nicholas stern who will as of next year be our new ig patel professor of contemporary indian society because his own research interest has been in rural development in india he has followed a particular village in india for the last 25 years and plans to do that again so your contribution your description of the pooras and the way in which economic connectivity between rural areas and the rest of the economy can be promoted will i'm sure be of great interest to him we were impressed and i know i speak for everyone here by the seriousness of your speech and by the content of it and i can honestly say and i think i speak on behalf of everybody from the uk here that i have never seen a powerpoint presentation made by her majesty the queen <laughs> and this is an idea we shall take back to her <laughs> lord desai is in and out of the palace Uh, every other day and i'm sure he will give her majesty the message that this can be a very good way of getting your serious points across the president needs to leave us before we eat i'm going to ask ruth katamuri our representative in india to bring over a 
presentation to him. It's coming, a plaque, an LSE plaque is coming from one direction and Ruth Katamuri is coming from the other direction, but they may coincide uh, at some point. And if I could ask Ruth to hand us to the President and ask you all to stand again for the National Anthem.